Good morning, Rabotai. We're going to start with our sponsorships for today. We have a Talmud Torah sponsor by Shmuel and Liba Dinovitz for Zuchut and Aliyah Neshama for Rav Peretz Avraham Ben Rav Ben Yamin Moshe Zol. Daf Yomi sponsorship by Greg and Rachel Leviton. Thank you. In commemoration of the yard site of Rachel's father, Burton Schreiber Ben Sion Ben Yisrael Shimon Zol. Thank you. We're going to pull up the mic. Wonderful. Today's daf is Ksivis Yedalad. I am Rabbi Kovacs or Kalman Akiva Ben Eliezer, Kaba, if you like. If you like to go by your, your name and your father's name, I think maybe we'll bring back that minhag. So everyone's father is important, as we're going to see, as we started saying yesterday, as we're going to see today. So yesterday on Yud Gimel, we had an amazing Mishnah where a woman was speaking to a man behind closed doors, and Rabban Gamliel believes her to say who that man was. There was obviously more than just speaking going on, because if it was just speaking, we don't need to know who the man was. And then a second case of Mishnah brought where she shows up milberit, she shows up pregnant. So there was definitely more than just talking going on. And Rabban Gamliel still believes the woman to say who the man was that she was involved with. And she can say that he is kosher, he's a Kohen, so she's not Sula Kuna. That's great. Rabbi Yehoshua in both cases was machmer. Lo mipia anu chayin. That's what Rabbi Yehoshua said. He said, we don't necessarily believe her. And we're going to speak out more about Rabbi Yehoshua's opinion today. So Rabbi left off kind of in the middle of things. We are about 20 lines up on 13b. Thank you so much. Thank you, Moshe. Wow. Hazaka Rokh to Moshe for the tech support and the coffee support. Wow. Wow. It's good. So, Rabbi Silver was saying yesterday, um, <clears throat> we were at Ein Apotropos Le'arayel. The first word on the line is Apotropos. It's about 20-odd lines up. So the situation is, once a man and a woman are behind closed doors, there's no guarantee. The Rav is speaking out, this is an important thing. You know, if we're in the base Medrash and everyone's here and we're learning, Baruch Hashem, we have sort of that positive peer pressure. But behind closed doors, you have to be more careful. There is no guarantees in life. So, Ketani Mihat, anyways, it teaches Tarte. Two cases. The Mishnah had two cases. Midaberet, merely speaking, which was not merely speaking. It was euphemism. Umilberet, and when she shows up pregnant. This is a Tivta the Rav Asi's understanding of Rabban Gamliel and Rabbi Yeshua. Good to moving on to Tapuk Lay, So it's different there. Now we're talking about Rabbi Yeshua, who's Machmir. Now Rabbi Yeshua was Machmir. We brought a case comparing to our Mishnah, a case of Nebuch a Shvuya. Now this is not a Shvua, which is an oath. This is a Shvuya. She was Nebuch captured by bandits, by uh, the non Jewish bandits would commonly capture women for their own amusement, a terrible situation. And the assumption is because these men are violent and aggressive and immoral, they did take advantage of their captives. We are going to see some exceptions. If they just took someone to ransom, then maybe they would leave her alone because they know they can get more money. But in general, they were very chashud on rias, and these men had no, uh, no qualms about uh, violating women. So there, it's rov p'sulin etzlah. All of these guys are, you know, problematic. These, these, uh, these bandits who have captured this woman. Ha'cha rov k'sherin etzlah. But here in the city, she's living in a Jewish city, is the assumption of the Mishnah, and she shows up pregnant, or we know she was behind closed doors with a man. It's mostly, you know, nice Jewish guys, you know. So thank God she has some assistance. So Messiah, the Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. So this supports the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. To Amar Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, 
the one who says kosher, remember that's Rabban Gamliel in our Mishnah, who says we believe the woman to say who the father is. Afila Barov Pasulin, he is so makel and so reliant on the woman, he says even in Rov Pasulin, even if there were a bunch of, uh, you know, bandits or heathens around, we'd still believe her, she knows from whom she got pregnant. The Divriya Pasul, Rabbi Yeshua, says we don't believe her. Pasul Fibrov Kasherin, he says we wouldn't believe her even in the city, with a, a Jewish city, with nice Jewish boys around. So, okay, there's nice Jewish boys, but you know, things happen behind closed doors. If we say the woman herself is kosher, in this sense we mean kosher lekahuna, that the man she was living with was not a cholol or a mamzer or an evid or a problem like that, she's still kosher to marry a Cohen. So he says we're machsher even her daughter. The divriya pausal bab, Rabbi Yeshua, who says we don't believe her about the man she was with, pausal babita. We also pausal her daughter. Her daughter also can't marry a Kohen. Rabbi Elazar, Omer, the divriya machshir bab, pausal babita. He says, no, Rabbi Gamliel, who says the woman is still kosher to marry a Kohen, we believe her to say who she was with. We don't necessarily believe her daughter. Amarabba, my time with Rabbi Elazar. What's the reasoning of Rabbi Elazar? I mean, if the mother's kosher to marry a Cohen, what a, the daughter from that relationship should probably also be kosher. We're assuming she lived with a kosher man, a man who's not puzzled to Kuna, who's not a cholol, doesn't make her a cholola uh, of this nature. So bishla ma'ihi. So it's better her herself. Isla chazoka de kashrus. She has chezkos kashrus, a chazaka, a pre-existing situation of being kosher. After all, this woman, the woman who shows up pregnant, we know who her, her parents are. We know for sure that she started off when she was born with these kosher parents. No one's a halal, no one's a mamzer, everyone's great, mazel tov. She's born and she's kosher lekahuna. And now we're not sure, we know something happened with a man behind closed doors. We're not sure if that man was problematic to her yichus or not, so we can rely on her chazaka. But Bita Laislachazaka, her daughter coming out of this Suffolk relationship where we're not necessarily sure who the man was, she's born into a state of Suffolk. We're not exactly sure the father. It's very important to know who the father is. And this one, we're not, we don't know 100%. So she can't rely on that Chazaka. So it might be a case where Robin Gamliel says, yes, the woman herself who shows up pregnant, she's kosher to marry a Cohen. But the daughter who's then born, Mazel Tov, but she's not necessarily kosher. So it's so important to know who your father is. And all of us know, Avinu Shabashamayim. You know, Avinu Shabashamayim is, in a sense, our father. Hashem calls us Banim Atem Lamakam. We are the sons of Hashem. So as long as we keep that in mind, we have a Cheskas Kashras. If a, if a Jew can keep in mind, this is one of the struggles in life that we all have. If you can remember that God is your father, God is watching you, and God is proud of you, and, and amazingly proud and happy when you learn Torah, when you do mitzvot, when you show up for the daf yomi, Hashem is so proud of us. He's like a, he's a doting father, Kiviyachol. And Hashem is disappointed, knows we can do better in those times and places when we could do better, Hashem is disappointed. So we see, if you want a cheskas kashras in life, you want to make yourself a kosher, always remember who your father is, who your, your big father is. You know, the Avinu Shabashamayim, the Eibishter, as they say. So it's cheskas uh, kashras. Good. Eisivei Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Elazar challenges Rabbi Yochanan, Bemei Devayim Rabbi Isha Begufa. 
So we say, when does this apply that Rabbi Gamliel believes her on herself, on the woman who shows up pregnant? Of all but about her daughter, they could say, the Vlad, the offspring, is a Shtuki. That's from Lashon Shtika, silence, that we've seen earlier. If this kid, the Shtuki kid, the Shtuki is a Lashon Suffolk, if he points at someone and says, Abba, Abba, Tati, Tati, his mother says, Shh, because the mother doesn't necessarily know. And the kid doesn't know, so he's trying to find his father. It's, it's a sad situation. He's growing up without a father, and he's looking for a father figure. But his mother tells him shtok, tells him to be quiet, because she doesn't know who the father figure is here. So my love, shtuki, puzzle. So when we say shtuki here, isn't the shtuki and puzzle? Because a shtuki is a lashon suffolk. And if a person has a suffolk in lineage, he's not going to be marrying into kahuna, or the kohen can't be marrying her. Lo shtuki v'kosher. No, it can be a shtuki and a kosher. Mi ik shtuki kosher. That sounds contradictory. Can someone with suffolk, with doubtful lineage, also be called a kosher? In yeah, there is such a case. Very interesting case. Rabbi Kiddush Shmuel. Shmuel brings the case. Amar Shmuel. Asura Kohanim, Omdim. There were 10 Kohanim standing around. You know, they're having their truma for lunch, whatever it is. They're doing Kohen stuff, 10 of them. Perish Echad Mechen Ubol. And one of these 10 Kohanim, we don't know which one, went and lived with a woman. At Basel Tav, she got pregnant. Havlod Shtuki. Now, this Vlad is a Shtuki. My Shtuki. What do you mean, Shtuki? What do you mean he's a Suffolk? What kind of Suffolk is there? We know the father was a Kohen. We just don't know which one. If we silence him from inheriting the, the Arusha, the property of the father, Pshita, that's obvious. He doesn't know exactly who his father is. It's one of these 10 Kohanim. But if you don't know which one, then this person cannot claim any share of their Nachala. The brothers can say, listen, we don't know your brother. You don't know your brother. There's no genetic testing going on. So get out of here. We don't know who his father is. So therefore, he can't inherit anything from any of these 10 men. So we rather we silence him from the laws of a Kohen. Because there's a special pasuk by Kohanim that there's a higher level expected for the yichus of Kohanim. Sounds familiar? Pinchas, anybody? Yeah, Pinchas, beautiful. So it's Nogeya. We're we're uh, we're learning up Pinchas, and in the Daf Yomi, we're learning up Pinchas Parsha Shvuah. So it will be to him and his seed after him, Brit Kihunat Olam, a covenant of eternal Kihuna priesthood. The Gemara learns out someone whose children are miyuchas, are really related to him, are really um, following in his footsteps biologically, not just not just culturally. This excludes this son of one of the ten Kohanim. He doesn't have a sure yichas. He's a shtuki, he's a suffolk. He doesn't know exactly who the father is. He knows he's a Kohen. He just doesn't know from which father. So therefore he's shtok, he's silenced from claiming the rights and privileges of a Kohen. Now, the Rashi here says something amazing. Rashi says, Shalo Yavod Avoda. He can't do the Avoda. Okay, we understand that Puzzik's written about Avoda. If he comes to the base of Mikdosh, Bimheir Bimenu should be uh, built, and he wants to do an Avoda, then they're going to say, listen, we don't know if you're from our base of, from our family. You know, go to the go do a Avoda with the other family next week when the, when, the ne- when the next family's turn is. Now, Rashi says something else amazing. Lo Yochel Batruma. He can't eat Truma. Now, this is a little... A little bit of a, a sore point because truma is called mamon shevitz. It's called the property of the entire 
tribe of the Kohanim. So Truma doesn't belong to one specific Kohen, it belongs to all of the Kohanim. So we know this man is a Kohen, we just don't know who the father is, but the father was for sure a Kohen. So it sounds very strange that he can't eat the Truma. By the way, Mishnah Yomi, Mishnah Yomi is in Masechet Truma towards the end. Great time to jump in. It's always a great day to jump into Mishnah Yomi, jump right in and, and learn to swim in the Sea of Truma. Which, which could be, because truma could be wine or oil also. So in theory, it could be. Anyway, Rashi says he can't eat truma. The Ritva says no. The Ritva says this Pesach's talking about avoda. Truma's not an avoda. Truma is a privilege. We know he's a Kohen, so he should be able to eat truma. So it's a machlokis. Rishonim, if such a Kohen, shtuki, quasi-shtuki, could eat truma. Last line of 13b. Hahu arus virusatsu. There was an arus. Remember, he's... Engaged. They did a Kedushan already. They did an Erusin. Therefore, he's an Arus and a Rusato. And we've learned previously in this parak they will sometimes wait up to 12 months between the Erusin and the Nisuin. And sometimes people got into trouble during those 12 months, which is one of the reasons we do them together under the Chuppah. We do the Kedushan, the Erusin under the Chuppah. It, it saves a lot of these uh, headaches and heartaches. But in this case, Hahu Arus Rusato, Atul Kemeter of Yosef. They came to Rav Yosef. Important to note, Rav Yosef was in Babel. This was not in Yehuda during the Greek occupation or the Roman occupation when certain leniencies were allowed, as we saw a couple days ago. This was in Babel. They came in front of Rav Yosef. He Amra Minehu. Minei. She says, this, uh, this belly, you see, it's not because I'm eating too many Doritos. It's because I'm pregnant and it's his child. Who Amar, turning to the top of Yudala, the top of the hand, Rav in Minai, he says, yes, it's my baby. And the Rashi on top says, emis mimenihu, really, it's my baby. Now, that's, it's a funny thing for him to say. You know, she says it's his baby. He says it's the baby. So what does he have to say that for? So you should know the Taisfes on the bottom of 13b that continues to the top of 14a, the Taisfes says we're going to see a case in Kiddushin coming up soon. In Asar Yuchsin, near the end of Kiddushin, we bring a case where a couple was engaged, and they might have been together, and she shows up pregnant. And in that case, there's a machlokis if that Vlad is a mamzer or a shtuki. Now, that sounds a lot worse than this case we're going to see, where, where Rav Yosef is going to say, kosher legamre, it's totally a kosher kid. So what's different over there? Taisa speaks out over there, the engaged couple, the couple, the Arus and the Rosato, uh, in its first stage of marriage, they were together once in that case. And there's an amazing Gemara, and you might remember it from Yavamos, Rabbi And there's an amazing Gemara on Yavamos, Samach Tes. And it speaks about a similar situation, you know, by a, a woman who's engaged to a Kohen, if, and she shows up pregnant during the engagement, if she can still marry the Kohen, she can still eat the Truma. And the Gemara says, what are you worried about? And they say, Damrinan, mid afkaronofsha, since she frees her spirit, Lagabe Arus, for her engaged arus, she might free her spirit to anyone. So this is back in the 60s when they talked about free spirits, you know, in, in San Francisco and things like this. I think they were reading up this Gemara, free spirit. So in this case, we're actually worried that she was too free of a spirit because if a woman was willing to break the very strong social norms against premarital intimacy with one man, she might do so with other men as well. And that would be a big problem for her truma consumption and her marriage. So that's the free spirit that the Gemara brings on Yavamus Samachtes, on the base. So Tosa speaks out that kind of situation. There was one uh, time behind closed doors with Ars Rosato, but he says in this situation, 
this man is very sure of himself. So the Taisus ends up saying, he says, this child is kosher to everyone. Even Rabbi Yeshua would agree here, this child is kosher, this couple that came in front of Yosef. And he says, yes, it's definitely mine. Rashi says, Emes, it's his. He says, how does that work? When he says, it's definitely my baby. How does he know? It wasn't just once, Rabbi It wasn't just a one-time thing. He went to the, the father-in-law's house in Yehuda. It wasn't that. It was, they were really uh, together. Mamish, they were together, possibly living together before the chuppah. And that's why she's sure and he's sure they are Bari, they're not Shema. And so this case is definitely kosher, not like other cases we've seen in Yavamos and we'll see in Kedushin. So Amar of Yosef, uh, what are we worried about, Law? What are we worried about with her? Of course it's kosher. Hada the Haka Mode. She's Mode and he's Mode. Va'od, Amar of Yehuda, Amar Shmuel, Cholacha Rabban Gamliel. And Shmuel, so we saw yesterday, and the Rambam brought also as a Cholacha, Cholacha Rabban Gamliel. We believe the woman who shows up pregnant, who the father is. And Rabbi says, in this case, would Rabban Gamliel really be machsher if he did not admit he was the father? But Shmuel himself told his star student, Rav Yehuda, Shinana, sharp one. You know, Shinantam Levanecha, get sharp. Halacha, Rabban Gamliel, yes. The Halacha Lamaisa is like Rabban Gamliel, but the Atlo Tavidubda, but don't do it Lamaisa, don't rely on it in practice. Unless you have rov kasheri. So what Rabban Gamliel said, what, Rabbi, what Shmuel is saying Rabban Gamliel is that yes, his Psak Halacha does apply, but you shouldn't really rely on it unless rov kasheri. For instance, it was a Jewish city. Not that she was among bandits who are non-Jewish who might have taken advantage, but she was in a Jewish city and then she shows up pregnant. Rov of the people there are kasherim, so that would be fine. Hacha rov but in this case, Everyone, most, the majority is puzzle. Rashi speaks out, she's engaged. Engagement is the first stage of a Jewish marriage. So every single person in the world is usr deraisa because she's an HS ish, except for her engaged husband, her quasi husband. That's the only person who's mutter for her. So, you know, if she was with him, uh, great, but well, not, not great. We're not condoning it, but it's great for the yichs of the kid. But if she was with anyone else in the world, it's puzzle her up from Truma, from Cohen, and from her husband as well. And for this reasoning, so why don't you ask a kasha on this on this statement itself? That you could say the halachas of Rabban Gamliel will rely on her to say who she's pregnant from, but don't do it. So what is Shmuel really saying to Rabbi Yehuda? He says, don't rely on Rabban Gamliel. For instance, if a Kohen, Arona Kohen comes and says he wants to marry Plonit, Mrs. Plony, and we know that she had been pregnant before from somebody. So Lechatchila, we wouldn't tell them to go ahead and get married. We'd tell Arona Kohen to go find someone who is not a Medaberet and not a Meuberet, you know, just to be on the safe side. But Bidyevit, if they're already married, we would allow them to remain married because it's only a suffix that her chazaka of being kosher to kahuna has been broken. This situation also, the engaged couple showing up in the rabbi's office and she's already pregnant, this is considered a bidiyevit. Because Rashi speaks out, if we are machmir and we say, no, we need a rov kasheri, and here it's rov pasuling because she's engaged, she's quasi-married already, then we're going to make her usher to her husband. 
And we're also going to make the child a Suffolk Mamzer. Now, a Suffolk Mamzer in some ways is worse than a Vade Mamzer. A Vade Mamzer can marry a Vade Mamzer, but a Suffolk Mamzer cannot because he's only a Suffolk. So it's a very difficult situation. It's a Bidyevid. So we're going to rely on Rabban Gamliel to say we believe her. And we also have the supporting testimony of the husband who was Ragil Itzla. Does Rabbi Yeshua in our Mishnah say she's never believed? The woman is not believed to say who the father of the child was? Or Minhu, let's ask a contradiction from the Brisa. Hey, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yehuda ben Betera, Omanus Isa. They testified about something called an Omanus Isa. Now, Isa means a doe. And we're going to see there was some sort of suffix mixed into her familial doe. They testified she's kosher to marry a Kohen, even though she has this suffix in her yichas somewhere. Is this a fair comparison? When a woman gets married, she checks out the situation. She makes sure that the husband she's marrying is not a suffix halal, does not have problems with yichas, and then she gets married. This reminds us of another case in Yavamos. When did we say a woman was very careful to get married in Yavamos? This was like a, this was like a month ago. Remember, Isha Rabba, Isha Shaholcha Baila Medina Sayam, right? I, I see some nods. I, I see a few nods, so that's good. That's good. We remember Ayyavamas. The case of Aguna Rabosai, that Chazal, our sages, were makel by an Aguna to let her remarry on the basis of one witness, even on the basis of some attenuated testimony, because she's Daika Uminsava. She's Diuk. She's very careful before she gets remarried. She checks it out. You know, she hires a private investigator or she gets this one aide uh, a little uh, intoxicated, so he spills the beans. She does something to check it out before she gets married. So here, too, we say a woman checks out the situation, looks for pro possible yichas problems before she gets married. <clears throat> so we can rely on the fact that even though there's, she's an almanas isa, that she married into a family with something in the dough. You know, just like a dough, you, pu you put in the the flour and the sugar and the water and everything, but everything mixes up and you don't know where the where the sugar is anymore. It's in there somewhere. So there's a pagam, there's a puzzle somewhere in this family, but we assume she checks it out before she gets married. Hacha isha mezane, bodegas mezane. Is a fair comparison? Is a woman who's mezane, who's you know living outside of marriage, does she check out who she's with before she goes ahead and does it? So it's a rhetorical question. Of course she doesn't. The problem is there's a Taisvais on the top of Ahmed base yesterday. And he says, uh, He says, yeah, they do. They do to some degree. If they, you know, and he's comparing to the case where Nebuch, a woman was Shavuya, where she was captured, where she has no choice, versus a woman in the city who she might have some discernment. She's not acting in a discerning fashion because she's going behind closed doors of the man, but she's, she's a little picky. She's a little discerning, and maybe she'll have in mind, well, I don't want to be with this particular man because he is a halal, and I don't want to mess myself up for a Kohen. So we see she's planning ahead. There's also an amazing Gemara in Yavamas Lamed Hay. And it, it, it was really, it was a, this was a while back, so don't be shocked if you don't remember it. But they said that a woman who is on the path to conversion, or she's a, she's a, a shifcha, she's a servant, and she wants she thinks she's going to be freed, she will be mehafeches. She'll practice a form of rudimentary birth control if she's mezana. So she won't be pregnant when she becomes fully Jewish, and she'll have her options open. So she's she's planning ahead. That this is according according to Rabbi Yossi. There, she doesn't even need chodesh of Chana. She doesn't even wait to need to wait three months after she converts, or she's fully freed and fully Jewish because she was careful. She was discerning 
while she was in the prior situation, so she wouldn't show up pregnant when she might have more options in life. So she's planning ahead to some degree. So it's a comparison we make between Mazona and, and Nisuin. So obviously a woman getting married is going to be Daikon Amensiva. She's going to be very careful who she marries. So we can assume she checked it out and she's not marrying the particular guy from the family that has some sort of suffix, some sort of isa, some sort of dough where there's a, a hollow mixed up in it. <clears throat> So here Rabbi Yeshua is testifying that Almanas Isa, a widow who her husband was some sort of suffolk from a family where there's a suffolk we're going to see, he's testifying she's kosher lekahuna. But in the Mishnah, he said a woman who shows up, she was midaberet, she's midaberet, she's not kosher lekahuna. So he says it's a kosher. It's Rabban Gamliel, Rabban Gamliel, lo kosher. And the Gemara says, no, is there no kosher in Rabban Gamliel? Hakatani Seifa, but the Seifa of this Mishnah Diaz, it says, Amrlan Rabban Gamliel. Rabban Gamliel says back to Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Huda ben Batera, who testified this Almanas Isa, this widow from a Suffolk Holo family, is kosher. He says, I've accepted your testimony. This is an Eduyas, where Chazal was coming to testify to certain halachas they had learned in previous generations. But what can we do? Says Rabban Gamliel in response. Shari Gozer Rabban Yochanan ben Zakkai, that in previous generations, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai made a gezeira, Shalo Lahoshiv Bezdin al Kach. We don't convene a Bezdin to make a Psak Halacha that an Almanas Isa is Kasher Lekahuna. Why? She Kohanim Shomin Lachem, the Kohanim would listen to the Bezdin, Lerochek, to be Machmir, to not marry such a woman, Aval Lo Lekarev but not to be mekel and marry her. So it's an amazing situation. The Kohanim themselves were so machmir and so exacting on their yichus that they would refuse to marry such a woman, even if the Bezdin Godel paskins publicly that she was mutter of the Kohanim. So he says, yeah, your Adis is good Adis. This Almanas Isa, we're going to define later what this is. She should be kosher lakuna. She should be, but the Kohanim themselves won't listen to us so the Bezdin is not going to get up there and make a psakalacha, and then the Kohanim will say, no, that's ridiculous, forget that, we're machmir. So we're not going to do that. The Bezdin's not going to act if the people are going to ignore the psak. And here the Kohanim are very machmir, and they're not going to do it. So there's no contradiction in Rabban Gamliel. Ela, Amar Rava, de Rabban Gamliel, Rabban Gamliel, Lokasha. It's not a contradiction here. Hatam Bari, Hachashema. So it's very different. In the case of the Mishnah, where Rabban Gamliel is is Matir the woman, and we believe the woman, she's a Bari. She says, I know who the man was. But here, it's a Shema. It's a maybe. Why? Because she's Omanas Isa. Now, we'll get into the Rashi here. Rashi has actually two definitions of Omanas Isa, the widow of the dough. Now, remember, there's some sort of halal, some sort of problem mixed up into the dough of the family that she married into. <clears throat> so Rashi first says, um, Omanas Isa, he says, what happened? Kigon, for example, Shazarak Bal Imo, the husband of the mother of her husband. So she marries this fellow, and his mother, you know, the, the mother-in-law, uh, Risha-in-law Get, the husband threw her a get. But there's a problem, as we're going to see in Gitin, throwing a get is, guys, don't throw a get. You should never have to give a get, but if you do, don't, don't throw the thing, please, because there's a problem. Suffolk Karov Lo, Suffolk Karov Law. So he throws the get at his wife, but we don't know when it landed, you know, it was kind of fluttering in the air. It's a piece of paper. Did it land closer to him, in which case it's still his and there's no divorce happened, or closer to her, in which case if it's within her Dalit Amas and it's close enough, we consider it hers and their divorce. But then Umais, and then Nebuchadnezzar has a heart attack after he threw the get so far. 
and he dies. So we don't know, is this woman, who's the mother-in-law, is she migreshes, is she divorced, or almana, a widow? And what does she do? Vanessa Cohen. And this woman, the mother-in-law, marries a Cohen, Khalid Menu Ben, and has a son. Now the problem is a Cohen can't marry a Migreshis. If she was really divorced, the Cohen shouldn't marry her. And the son is a Khalol. He's puzzled to be a Cohen. He's a Khalol. But we don't know if she was divorced or not. We're really not sure. So it's a Suffolk Khalol. And this is the Amanus Isa, according to the first shot in Rashi, and he says, you see, we rely on the Chazaka, that she was a married woman, and then he died. So she's, we're, we're, you know, we're relying on this to be matter her. Now, Rashi gives a second shot uh, in the wide lines of Rashi. The first wide line of Rashi is, Medivri Rebbe Yosef Tov Alom. I don't know Rebbe Yosef Tov Alom, but Rashi did. Matsati Amanas Isa, Isha Shehaya Baila Suffolk Sveika. There are two Sveikas, a Sveik Sveika, a double doubt here. She was divorced from the first husband, Suffolk Kar of Law, Suffolk Kar of Law. Same situation. They threw the get. They don't know who the get is closer to. Umais, and then the first husband died. So we don't know if she's a divorcee or a widow. And it's within three months. She doesn't wait the three-month waiting period to figure out who is the father of the child. She marries a Kohen. Uh, so we don't know if he's a nine-month baby from the first husband or a seven-month baby from the second husband. Recall we talked about in Yavamas, back then there was a different medical mitzias where not infrequently, it was not uncommon, it was not, not the majority, but not uncommonly, a baby would be born fully developed after seven months. So if we, did not if we had a woman who did not wait three months between the first husband and the second husband, and then seven months later she has a baby, we're really not sure who the father is. It could be a nine-month term baby from the first or a seven-month term baby from the second. So that's the case here, whereas a Suffolk, if she was a widow or a divorcee, and even if she was a divorcee, we're not sure about this child. Is it a child from the first husband, in which case it's a Yisrael and it's kosher? Or is it a child from the second husband, in which case if she was a divorcee, he's a Kohen, but he's a Cholol. He's a Pusel Cholol. And then we're talking about the widow who married this man. So it's a Sveik Sveika, or at least one Suffolk, but attenuated because it's Suffolk and the mother, and she married the son. So Omanus Isa, not a Pashat thing. But we saw that Rabban Gamliel wanted to be Mekel and Matar Tekahuna, but the Gohanim themselves were Machmir. But in that case, it's a Shema. It's a maybe. Whereas in the Mishnah, Rabban Gamliel believes the woman about the father of her child, it's a Bari. She knows. There's also not a Kasha in Rabbi Yeshua, who is Mekel by the Amanus Isa and Machmir in our Mishnah by the pregnant girl. There, there's one Suffolk. Who's the father? Here, there's two Sveikas. Like in Rashi's explanation that he got from Rav Yosef Tavolim, that it's a suffolk if he if the mother was divorced or widowed, and it's a suffolk if it's the child of the first husband or the second husband. Taisvos doesn't like either explanation of Rashi. He says Almanus Isa. We use the word Isa to connote a family, not one person. He says we're going to see later in Kedushin the term Kol Aratzos Isa the Eretz Yisrael that other lands are considered Isa, considered mixed and tainted lineage compared to Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael Isa Labavel, but Bavel had even more pure lineage than Eretz Yisrael. He says we're going to discuss it like that. Taisvos doesn't necessarily like Rashi's Peshat. You can see the Taisvos in the medium lines uh, for your homework, please. Hilkach, uh, Rabban Gamliel, so Trey Sveiki. So Yeshua is Mekel because there's Trey Sveiki. Sveik Sveika for Almanus Isha. Hilkach, Rabban Gamliel, Olim Le Bari. Rabban Gamliel says a Bari claim, a certain claim, a confident claim 
is very powerful, very olim. Even if there's one doubt, nami machsher. Even if there's one reason to doubt, we're not sure the father is. He says it's kosher. We believe this woman to say who the father is. But kille, and he says it's very, very light, not very powerful. A shema, a possible claim of well, maybe, maybe this guy was kosher. Maybe the, there was no hollow with this man that she had been widowed from. To feel a fake sfeka, even a fake sfeka like the almanas isa nami puzzle. He also says it's puzzle. Rabbi Yeshua alim le chad sfeka. Rabbi Yeshua says. One suffolk is very strong, a very strong reason for concern. Tefillah Babari, even when the woman is sure who the father was, Rabbi Yeshua doesn't believe her. Nami Pusel says she's Pusel Lekahuna. The Kile Sveik Sveika, but a Sveik Sveika is very lenient, according to Rabbi Yeshua. Tefillah Beshema, even when the widow is not sure her husband was a Chalol, Suffolk Chalol, or Suffolk who the father was, Nami Machsher, he says it's kosher. So we see there's a different focus. Rabbi Gamliel is focused on the clarity of their claim. Is it Bari, a sure thing, or Shema? Maybe. Whereas Rabbi Shua is focused on the number of Sveikas. If you have one doubt, well, he's not going to believe what she says because there's one doubt about who the father is. If there's two doubts, yeah, there's, uh, there's a halal somewhere, but we're not sure if it's him, we're not sure if it's a halal at all, then he is more makel. So it depends what you focus on. Tana Rabbana on the Bryce teaches, Ezehu Almanus Isa. And we spoke and now Rashi had two Pshatim and Almanas Isa, and Tazos didn't like either of them. The Gemara says, Kol she'ein ba lo mishum mamzerus. It's, there's no mamzerus mixed up with this person, this family. Lo mishum natinus. He's not a notin. That's the famous Givonim who converted in the days of, some came in the days of Yeshua, some came in the days of Moshe, and they falsely converted. They were Canaanites who weren't supposed to convert, and they falsely uh, pretended to be not Canaanites to convert to Judaism. And they're not from the servants of the kings. Rashi speaks out that in the days of Shlomo HaMelech, that Shlomo HaMelech had these avodim uh, who were Ashirim um, Yisrael. They were very rich. Now they were avodim. They were servants, but because they were the servants of Shlomo HaMelech, they were exceptionally rich and exceptionally powerful. They had political influence, social influence, and even though they were still avodim lemaisa, but they were fairly rich and powerful, and married Jewish girls. So that's a problem because they are still, their yichas is still avodim. And he says another pshat is they are descendants of Hordus, Herod. You've heard of Herod, right? Yeah, Hordus. He, is an ev- he was an Evid, a servant to the Hashmonaim, who actually we're going to see in Bava Basra, he rebelled against the Hashmonaim and killed out most of them and married the last surviving princess of the Hashmonaim. And then there's a whole thing there. She uh, apparently committed suicide and announced, if anyone says they're a Hashmonayim, they're really from Herdas and they're really an Evid. It's a whole story there. So if they're, if someone has Avdei Malachim in their lineage, that's a problem, serious problem. So that's, so Almanas Isa is not one of these. These are more serious problems, Almanas Isa. Amr Meir turning over to Amr Beis. Shemati kol she'ein ba'achad mikol elu, who doesn't have one of those three problems, the Mamzer, the Natin, the Avdei Malachim, Masin Lekahuna, could marry a Kohen. So she has some kind of problem. She's Omanus Isa. There's some sort of hollow, Suffolk hollow there, but not a Mamzer, Natin, or Evid. Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, Mer Mishim Rabbi Meir, Vekenchaya Rabbi Shimon ben Manasseh, Mer Kidvarov. So Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar and also Rabbi Shimon ben Manasseh say, like him, Ezio Omanus Isa. Which one is this Omanus Isa that we're going to say, yeah, she, there's, she married into a Suffolk family, but it's not so bad. Kol Shinitma ba Suffolk Hollow. When there's a Suffolk halal in the family, like they threw the get, or they're not sure where the father was, someone there is a halal. 
but we're not sure it was her husband, so we're not sure that she's a halala herself. Well, and they, they explain why in this case. Because Jews know where the mamzers are. But they don't necessarily know where the halalim are. Because mamzerus rebosai is a very big problem. If somebody is, God forbid, a mamzer, they can't marry into the general population of the Jewish people. They can only marry another mamzer or a convert, and their pool is limited. So the, the Jews keep track of who the mamzerim are, but a halal is only a problem for kohanim. For everyone else, a halal is kosher. A halal could literally marry any woman. If a man's a halal, he can marry anyone. Now, if he marries a normal Jewish woman, she becomes a halala, and she can't later marry a Kohen if this first husband drops dead and she's a widow. But he can technically marry anyone. It's not a big deal. So since it's, well, it's not a big deal for non-Kohen, it's only a big deal for Gohanim. So because that's the case, we don't keep track so carefully of where the halalim are, only the mamzerim. So the Gemara is going to explain what this third opinion is adding to the first two opinions. Amar Mar, Ezehu, Manas Isa, which one's Amanas Isa? Kosha Einba, Lomishim Mamzerus, Lomishim Natinas, Lomishim Avdei Malachim. Again, there's no mamzer in her family, no, not a Natin or a Givoni, and not a, the servants of the kings who illegally married regular Jewish girls. Halal kosher, but if there's a halal somewhere in the family, she married into a family of halalim, we don't necessarily assume that she herself became a halala. From the Suffolk, she keeps her chazaka of being kosher lekahuna, and she's still kosher. Deraisa. So we asked, what are these these first three things? The deraisa, a mamzer, a natin, and evid. These are psulim deraisa, someone who marries, or even um, Rashi points out back in Yevamos Samaches, we said even a bas kohen who's nivola to one of these people can't eat truma anymore. She becomes a halala. She becomes psula to eat the truma, psula to marry a kohen, even based on a bia with one of these people. It's a psul deraisa. And Rashi brings the uh, pasuk, right? Good. So, well, it's not good. Not good. Good. So these are deraisa apostle. Halal nami deraisa. So the halal nami is deraisa lo zoro. Not just her becomes a halala, but even the children become halalim. They can't marry kohanim. Besu and also Amaravi Meir Shemati Kol Sheinba Achad Mikol Elu Masin Lekahuna. Meir says one who doesn't have one of the first three problems: the Mamzer, the Nati, and the Evid. They can marry a Kohen. It's merely a problem of Halala. Hainu Tanakama. That's the same thing the Tanakama said that only Mamzer, Nasin, and Evid was a problem and not Halala, not Suffolk Halala. Besu and also. The third opinion, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, Rabbi Shimon ben Meir, Rabbi Kenhai, Rabbi Shimon ben Yasu, Meir, Kidzvarov, Ezehu, Amanas Isa. The third opinion in the Brisa said, What's the Amanas Isa? When there's a Suffolk Kolol mixed into that family that she had married into. And they explain because Makirin Yisrael Mamzerim Shabbenehim, the Yisraelim know where the Mamzerim are. They don't necessarily know where the Halalim are. So how does that help? How does it help the Amanas Isa to be Kosher Lakuna? But the Reishi already said, a hal is kosher. So now it sounds like the second opinion is just copying the first opinion, and the third opinion is saying the hal is kosher because we know where the mamzerim are, but we don't know where the halalim are. But Lamaisa, if we don't know who the halalim are, how can we say it's Almanas Isa, who married into a family with a halal somewhere, how can we say she's kosher like kahuna? Of course the Kahanim aren't going to believe us. So Rabbi Kamala was right at Amad Aleph. Rabbi Yochanan, Yochanan explains, what's the case? Mamzer Tzoveach, the screaming mamzer. That's not what it means. Rashi explains what does it mean. It means if Reuven calls Shimon a mamzer and Shimon starts screaming, nah, I'm not a mamzer. Don't be ridiculous. There's no way I'm a mamzer. My family, we go back to Ezra Cohen. 
he starts screaming in protest that he's not a mamzer whenever he's accused of being a mamzer. This is the mamzer tzveach. We're talking about halal shotek or a halal shotek. You accuse, Reuven accused the same Shimon. Oh, you, you come from halalim. And he's like, okay, who cares? Shtika kehoda, if someone remains silent in the face of an accusation, it's like admitting. So ika benayhu. That's the difference. According to Yochanan, it explains the Mamzer Tzaveach, Holoshotek, that's the difference. But how? The Tanakhama Savar, Kol Pasul Dekaru Levishosik. If you call somebody a name, and not just a name, but you call the guy a Mamzer, a Nasan, a Givoni, a Holo, and he's quiet, Pasul. So he's Pasul. So he can't marry in Zakuna. Hachikamar, and this is what Hachikamar Tanakhama, this is what the Tanakhama, the first thing the Bryce is saying. Ezehu Amanus Isa, which one is the widow from the family with a Suffolk Holo in it? When there's no problem uh, of when there's no accusations flying, when no one in this family is getting accused of being a mamzer or an evid or a halal and remaining silent. Because if they had remained silent, then we have some sort of doubt. Hey, maybe they're silent because they're admitting to this attack on their yichas. Uh, so these first three, the Mamzer, the Natin, and the Eved, those are Psula Kol. If somebody really was one of those things, they can't marry into the general population of Ashtok Cholol, but if someone was accused of being a Cholol and remained silent, Kosher, he's still Kosher. The Almana who married into that family is Kosher to marry a Kohen, and her daughter's Kosher to marry a Kohen. Uh, the ha why was he quiet? Not because he's admitting, he doesn't mind to be called a halal. He says, so what, I'm a halal. I can still marry any Jewish girl I want to. It doesn't affect him. He's not a Kohen personally. It's not a problem. The Rebbe Meir, so what Rebbe Shimon adds the third opinion, he says, no, Rabbi Meir doesn't mean when someone was called a halal and remained silent. He doesn't mean that's kosher. If someone accused somebody, if Reuven accused Shimon of being a mamzer and Shimon is silent, that's not because he's really a mamzer. He's not admitting it. The high, the shasik, why is he silent in the face of mamzer accusations? Savar mamzer kola isle. Mamzer has a voice. Now, we don't mean mamzerim are good at singing. We mean that people know about it. As we said before, the Israeli keep track of where the mamzerim are so that the mamzerim can marry the mamzerim and aren't going to uh, infringe on the yichus of the general population. So that's why he was quiet in the face of being accused of being a mamzer because he doesn't have to protest because everyone knows he's not a mamzer because everyone knows who the real mamzerim are. But if he's accused of being a mamzer and he starts screaming and yelling in protest or he's accused of being a halal and he remains silent, he should be considered puzzle. And it should be the Almanas Isa would not be kosher in that case. She had married into such a family. Vahai, the Ashtik, why is he, was he quiet? Savar, Mistaye, Mistaye, He says, good enough, they haven't removed me from the call. So if they accuse him of being a Cholol, he says, I don't care. I can still marry into the Cholol, marry any normal Jewish woman, because it doesn't affect me personally to be called a Cholol, because I'm not a Kohen anyway. So Tani Chodar Abiyosi Omer Shtoik Mamzer Kosher Shtoik Cholol Puzzle. So Abiyosi is saying if someone is accused of being a Mamzer and they're quiet, it's Kosher because everyone knows where the Mamzer Mari doesn't have a need to fight back. Shtoik Cholol Puzzle. And if he's quiet in the face of being accused of a Cholol, he's Puzzle, meaning the Almanas Isa is Puzzle to marry a Kohen. Tani Idach, another Bryce says Shtoik Cholol Kosher Shtoik Mamzer Puzzle, that if he remains silent in the face of being called a Cholol, he is still Kosher because it's not a big deal. That's why he does not 
protesting, but if he's called a mamzer and he doesn't fight back, he's puzzled. Lo kasha ha-tanakama mayor. So it's a difference of opinions of the middle Rebbe Mayor, the last Rebbe Mayor. So you should know that the Ran says this halacha does not apply right now. This is not to, not to any of us, Rebbe The Ran says this only applies if someone, if Shimon's from a family where there is an issue, where this Shimon's family does have doubtful yichas, and people come up to him and say, hey, your family's from Halalim. Then if he doesn't say anything in response, then we do, in fact, think he might be a cholo. Now, the Ravid on the Rambam, he comments, this does not apply at all in Zmanazay because it used to be that what would the Bezdin do is that if somebody was accused of being a mamzer or a cholo or a givoni or whatever, then that, that had a right in court that you could go to court and have the accuser flogged. So if Reuven accused Shimon of being uh, from a family of mamzerim, Shimon could sue Reuven in court and get Reuven publicly lashed for the, making false accusations. He says that the Bezin doesn't do this anymore because people throw out these accusations, they get angry, they start fighting, and they call each other names, so the Bezin doesn't take it seriously, and you should not take it seriously. The Ravid says, shtika is the best course of action. If somebody is attacking your yichus, then being silent and not fighting and arguing shows you are miyuchas tefei, that you have the best yichus. Because you're not fighting about this, you have no need to defend yourself because your yichus is good to go. We see this, that you know if false accusations get punished, there are less false accusations and the real accusations are taken more seriously. So it's interesting, by Halal and Mamzer, they disagree which one's more serious, less serious, but to all of them, the Natin is very serious. Now, the Maiso, what's a Natin? So I thought you'd never ask. We learned about this back, way back in Yavamas. This was, this was two months ago, Rabosai, and it's such an amazing Gemara that we need to share it because not everyone was here for Yavamas, and even if you were here for Yavamas, Lamaisa, it was, it was two months ago, and the Dafyomi flies, and that's the Matzav. So remember, this is in Yevamos Ayin Ches Ayin Tes, the story of the Givonim. So the, the Natinim are also the Givonim. Rashi points out, Shinisgairu be Arema bimei Yeshua. They came as a group in the days of Yeshua. Natnam avadim eitzim They were given over. called Natim because they were given over to Tokhanim to be servants, to be the wood hewers and the drawers of water. And then what happened? Shaul killed out Nov Irakohanim. Remember, David Melech was pretending to be on a secret mission and got supplies from Nov. And then in his uh, revenge, Shaul Melech killed the Kohanim of Nov. Most of the Kohanim died, and the Givonim had no work anymore, and they were very upset. So remember, that in the days of David later on, there was a great famine. And David Melech asked prophetically, what's the cause? And one of the causes was the Givonim had not been appeased. So David Melch goes to the Givonim, to the Natinim, and he says, I will give you anything. Kesev, Zahav, I will you know, elevate you in social status. You'll be amazing. You'll be great. And they say, no, we don't want money. We don't want food. We don't want jobs. We want you to take seven descendants of Shaul of Melech and publicly execute them and leave them hanging. Kill Allah Hashem Tului. That's Asr Der Raisa. We don't, if, even if the Bezin execute somebody, we don't leave them hanging for more than a couple minutes. We do it right before Shkia and we take them down. It's, it's a Chilol Hashem to do such a thing. And David Melch tries to talk them out of it and says, listen, it's, it's revenge. Revenge is Asr. Revenge is Asr Der Raisa. They say, nope, we want you to kill seven descendants of Shaul HaMelech. And David, the Gemara there comments, he says, Shlosha Simanim Yesh Be'umazu. The Jewish people, the real Jewish people, the Milchas Jewish people have three character traits. Rahmanim, Baishanim, Gamli Chasadim. They are merciful, 
they are, you know, baishan, they're, they're tsunua, they're not, they're not brazen, gomli chasadim, and they give chesed. And the givonim have, you know, gone the opposite direction. So what happened was, uh, David Melech had to acquiesce. There was a famine, there was a plague, people were dying from it. So he had to acquiesce to the demands for revenge of the givonim. And even though he had to leave the bodies hanging, in the Gemara comments, um, Better to uproot one letter from the Torah to make a Kiddush Hashem. What was the Kiddush Hashem with the execution? Why are these seven guys hanging up? What's going on here? And the Jews would tell them, these are princes. These are descendants of royalty. Their grandfather... Uh, you know, killed out Novi or Kohanim, and the Gerim, the lowly converts, lost their jobs. Amru, uma, They say there's no greater nation than this. The princes, the officials, the ones with, with wealth and power, they get held accountable. Uh, so certainly the justice system is so upright that everyone will be held accountable for their misdeeds. Uh, and if lowly converts get protected so well by the Jewish judicial system, so we should become Jews and, and uh, join you. So 150,000 people, 150,000 non-Jews join the Jewish people seeing this Kiddush Hashem. At the same time, the Givonim had a Gezerah they cannot marry into the Jewish people because they were not Rahmanim, they're not Gomelei Chassadim, they're not Baishanim. Because they demanded revenge, it turned out they were no longer fit to be a part of the Jewish people. So it's an amazing thing that sometimes people think that getting revenge will be the Kiddush Hashem, and I'll stand up for the oppression, and I'll have my revenge. So the Givanim had the revenge, but they lost their status as part of the Jewish people. And the non-Jews who saw this revenge take place and saw that the Jewish people are exacting in their justice and don't protect the rich and the powerful from retribution, then they joined the Jewish people willingly. Shkoyach Rabosai, we'll pick it up the mission tomorrow.